Welcome to the Breslin Breakdown Women's Basketball Podcast for Impact Student Radio. I'm Joe Dandron alongside Luke Sacone, Austin Winslow, and Sam Britton. Guys, welcome back. Once again, we're back. And Austin, you are back with us as well. Correct. Luke, how's it going? Correct. You know, it's good to be back. Uh, I was I stepped in as a guest at the uh, Men's Basketball Podcast on yesterday, so that was pretty cool. But, you know, this is my home. Yeah, good to be back here where I am, where I belong. Yeah. We've missed you. As yeah, they they're say, trying to take you from us. Like, <laughs> no, you, you're here. You're ours. As as they say, there's no place like home. And for Michigan State, that is definitely true because <laughs> yep. that was good. The Michigan State women's basketball team. As we, I mean, last time we checked in, um, we talked a lot about the matchup that happened. I mean, they had a three game stretch before we last met, and man, one and two in a three game stretch and. First off, Michigan State losing at Iowa on February 7th, so nine days ago. Or not nine days ago. My math is way off. I don't Maybe. But last week Thursday. Last week Thursday, 86-71 to 71 at Iowa. Megan Gustafson, 41 points on 17-24 shooting, 14 rebounds. Sam, I believe you got a chance to watch that game. I did watch it. Um, I mean, they were never really in it from the start. Uh, it was never really that close. Megan Gustafson is a baller. We were talking about mm-hmm. that beforehand. She's like, I UNESCO is probably the most athletic and like the most, the basketball player with the most potential in women's hoops, I'd say. But Gustafson is probably like the best. Like she is probably going to be the MVP by the end of the year, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like most outstanding in like the tournament, but I think she'd be like the best player to have on your team, my opinion. Yes, I would, I would agree with that take. I'd say Gustafson is a front runner, if not the... Uh, lock as of now with the amount of points she's averaging rebounds and shooting 70% from the field I would say that Gustafson is definitely the uh, front runner to win the player of the year for women's basketball um, in college hoops and but man so Nia Cloudon had 20 points Mardrika Cook 12 points nice showing by her and Kathleen Doyle who has been a big part of Iowa's rotation she broke her hand early in the season and came back um, and they've been a much different team with her at the helm. She plays point guard. Great shooter and great passer as well at that spot. But, I mean, fouls. They hurt a lot of people. And Luke and Austin, you know, what did you guys kind of take away from that one? Because, once again, we saw Michigan State struggling to put it together on the road. So, one thing I think Michigan State does well is that they lead the country. And they're, they're in the Big Ten. They're, like, up there in assists per game. Um, and they only had 14 compared to Iowa's 24. And this is obviously a team that tends to have around the same amount of assists to field goals made. So they had 14 assists and 28 field goals made. So there were there were 14 other buckets that they had that weren't off assists. And that's kind of like messing up their flow. And I wonder if the Breslin has anything to do with that, where they just feel more comfortable and they just enjoy passing. But they got out-assisted by 10, and that doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But for a team that loves to pass with Shea, Nia, Taryn, even Jenna, like even their bigs, they, they all love to pass the ball. I mean... Uh, also shooting 40% and allowing 50%, like on the road, you're not going to win a game if, if you're allowing your home team to shoot 50%. So, and their defense, it, it was it was a little dis- it was very disappointing, as Sam kind of mentioned, losing by 15 on the road to a team that they have beaten at home. But uh, this Iowa team is uh, a lot better than they expected. Yeah, Iowa's no doubt a very good team. Um, obviously, Gustafson just outdueled all of Michigan State's bigs. Uh, Jenna Allen, Cindy Cooks, Victoria Gaines all got in foul trouble. Uh, and it just seemed not like none of them could have, uh, um, you know, contained Gustafson. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, another thing um, we haven't mentioned—they got they just got out rebounded. 
So they basically just got outplayed in about every aspect of that game. Um, and rightfully so. They they just don't seem like a strong team on the road. Um, and yeah, Gustafson went off on them. Yeah, and that's the thing is this team statistically looking at the numbers, I remember kind of looking some stuff up prior to this matchup. Iowa and Michigan State were extremely close in a lot of ways. They were, you know, rebounding, assist, field goal percentage, defensively, and assist to turnover ratio. In so many ways, they ranked among the same, in that same, like, 1 to 10 region, a lot of offensive categories. Mm -hmm. And Michigan State, this is the same team that beat Iowa relatively soundly at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And... One thing that had to, was most disappointing to me was the play of Jenna Allen. Jenna Allen had 20 and 17. Maybe, in my opinion, the best game of her season. I know Oregon was big because of that win, but that was the best game of her season because of who she was facing in the paint. And for her to not show up like that, that's against the, you know, probably the Big Ten player of the year. That's, you can't do that. You can't expect to win a lot of games. You can't expect... To, especially when you're that senior leader for a team, as much as she has shown what she can be for the team, um, you can't really do that at home. You can't do that on the road. No, and especially, I mean, I don't know if you guys mentioned it. She fouled out. She had five fouls that day, and she went one for seven on the day. And we're going to talk about it more later, some of her struggles she's had the past couple games. But, I mean, you just kind of got to look to her. I mean, she played 12 minutes and she fouled out. And when your senior leader's not out there, like, yeah, Shay Colley, she's a force to be reckoned with, you can't, like, she's a, she's a great player, but Allen has, like, that senior leadership, they look to her for an emotional support, and just all these things, and when she's sitting on the bench, it's just kind of, you kind of lose your fire a little bit when you're out there playing, especially a good team like Iowa. No, yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, yeah, yeah, you just can't, that's not, like, the way that things can go for you, you can't have it roll that way. I understand that Nia Cloudon had a really good game, not to take you know, obviously, we haven't really talked a whole lot about her. She had two really good games against Iowa this year. And I hate to just see that go to waste, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, Jenna Allen at one point looked like she was like an all-Big Ten performer. And, you know, I have my opinions about a lot of things with this team in that way that we're going to get to later. But then Michigan State, so Michigan State loses that one, 86-71. And then they come back to the Breslin. And... Guess what happens? You know, I mean, surprise, surprise. Michigan State comes back home, takes down Indiana, 77-61. Indiana, the same team that defeated Michigan State on the road early this year. And Sam and Austin, I believe, Luke, you were there I was as well. There. Yeah. Yes. All th- I mean, all three of you guys, I think, might have all been there. We yeah, had- I, I, I did play that play for the game. Yeah, yeah. I was writing, then we had Sloan and Raju. Helping out, too. Yeah, so, I mean, so, and myself was not able to make it to that. So, what did you guys think? I'm just going to let you guys kind of break down this one and just tell me or just tell us, you know, what happened. I think it was good for their confidence going forward, you know, to kind of get one of those, like, softballish wins out of the way. And you saw, like, some great play from Shea Colley. Obviously, 32 points, 12 for 18, 6 rebounds, 5 steals. McCutcheon, 12 points, 3 for 6 from the field, from the 3-point, excuse me. And then Cloudon, you know, again, another 11 points. She made uh, all of her free throws, I believe. So to come out, excuse me, she was 5 for 6 from the line. Um, but it was a little concerning considering Jenna Allen at the time was 9 points away from 1,000 points. 
She finished with three points on the day. I just don't think that you can look to Shea. You can always you can't always rely on Shea Colley to drop thirty points and expect to walk away with a win. That's the same thing with Iowa. Like once Jenna Allen fouled out, Colley only had seven points in that game. She went three for twelve. You can't just like rely on the next man up. Like it helps, but you can only, that can only get you so far. No, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it, it's been kind of disappointing what we've seen. I think we all agree about that with with uh, Jenna Allen, but you can't really, like you said, expect Shea to drop 30 points a game. Um, and Indiana, I mean, they were they were injured. I mean, Pat Berg, who's their leading scorer, averaging 15 points a game, was out uh, with an injury. Um, Berger, uh, Grace Berger, number 34, stepped up huge in that game. Uh, kind of was slow in the uh, in the second half of uh, for most of her points. She had a really great first half, and they kind of slowed down. But, I mean, yeah, Kali kind of took away... Uh, Everyone looking like her success took away from Jenna's poor play, I think, and everyone just overlooked like, oh my God, Shea Colley with another shot because she was not missing. Like, I mean, she was actually everywhere. She like twelve for eighteen, but I mean, I don't even remember those six misses. Like, I'm not even kidding. Right, like, I right. just because every time she touched the ball, I mean, so, some shots she had, I was like, oh my God, how is she making this? And then five, she was everywhere. So whatever. But because of her success, it made it like so. Jenna Allen says, oh, Jenna Allen just had three points. Like, it's not a big deal. But then they go to, uh, as we'll talk about Wisconsin, and they're lost to Iowa. Like, no, it is a big deal because you're a senior and Coach Merchant, you have a great relationship and you talk about how much, uh, how important you are to the team and how important you are um, for, like, the freshmen. Um, and and the fact that you're not showing up, and yes, it's uh, Indiana, which should which seemed like an easy one, which obviously it was when they started breaking away kind of in the, later in the second half of the third and fourth quarter. But, I mean, this is this is not the same team that we've, uh, we're accustomed to. Yeah, my probably biggest take, I wouldn't say biggest takeaway, but one takeaway I had from this game is it was a close game at halftime. It was 33-30 to at halftime. And uh, honestly, I was a little nervous watching that game. They just, Michigan State just did not look uh, like like their usual self at home. Uh, You know, but Shea Colley obviously really turned that up. Um, She really led the way going forward with her 32. Um, and yeah, being at the Breslin Center, Shea Colley absolutely electrified that that uh, that crowd, uh, and they were really getting behind her because she just could not miss. And I think that really fueled her going forward. And you know, they they really leaned on Colley. So uh, yeah, I will say one thing is that they did they shut down Berger like hardcore. She had a good first quarter. She came out scored like ten points, three for th- uh, three for five from the field. And then she didn't score again the rest of the game. No, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's big. They're playing good defense, and that's, you know, good to see if you're a Michigan State fan. And they also, I will say, you guys know I'm a big fan of the free throw, 17 for 22 from the free, from the line. And, I mean, they won by 16. So, like, you miss, yeah. I don't know, 10 of those, like, all of a sudden Indiana's right back mm-hmm. in the game. So it definitely made a big difference, I'd say. Going back to Berger, though, I mean, it because I do I do agree that they played a great defense, but Berger, other than this is her first start, and she's averaged five points a game. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say, like, shutting down. I mean, because they, they're they expected to win these types of games because obviously we've seen that they can compete. Yes, they lose to NC State at a neutral site. That's a good loss. They beat Oregon. They beat Purdue. They beat Mar- Like I mean, it's ridiculous. But then they lose to teams, as we'll talk about later, um, coming up. But, but I mean, so... Yeah, their defense has been kind of disappointing. Uh, yes, they only allowed sixty-one points, but that first half was not was not a good one. No, no, and that's what the Indiana game was surprising to me in a lot of ways. Just seeing the box score and taking a look at a lot of the numbers, because obviously, I saw Shea Colley had a career high, mm-hmm. but I wasn't there. I didn't see it in person. 
And from what I've heard, that it was, she was just electric. And that's the thing is they can't always depend on Shea Conley because we've seen Shea Conley lay eggs. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Ali Patberg wasn't even playing in this game. Um, and Patberg is hands down the leader of this Indiana team offensively. She runs the show. She's that lead guard for this squad. She does so much for them. Um, and that's what was really hard for me to grasp was, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a 16-point win, but, you know, they don't have their lead guard, and only Shea Conley goes and gets hers. You've got you've to have a balanced effort. And when we get to the end of the show, you know, I have, I'd like to give my opinions on this team offensively a little bit, but that's the thing. I was just kind of, you know, a weird to come off that Iowa loss, like the way losing the way they did. I expected it to be a much different outcome. Um, I didn't I thought it was a good statement, but I don't. But, you know, as we move into this next part, I don't think that this team has done a whole, you know, made a big statement since that. I don't think the score, like you said, shows really this. I mean, like, yes, like you said, they won by 15, but they won by 15 because a like you said, their best player was out and b Shea Colley popped off. So you're right. Like, I agree with that 100% is that the the score, yes, they won by 15, but it's not a good 15 points. No, that's the thing. is yeah. It's like, oh, wow, you beat Indiana at home by 16. Well, guess what? You beat Oregon by, like, 10, too, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. and that's the number three. The team's, that team's one loss. Mm-hmm. And, NC, and you lose to NC State by four. And NC State was the last undefeated team in women's basketball. I Like I keep saying, they just have not made a good enough statement to show me, you know, we look at, I mean, we looked at the bracketology for women's basketball and they're still a six or seven seed not anymore <laughs> and, it'll change it'll change yeah and we'll get to that but i mean come on so hey you know what well we're moving along good today here guys and this we still got a lot to, i think we still got a lot to talk about especially with this next one so michigan state like we said there is no place like home for the spartans and that was definitely true as michigan state lost the following game to Wisconsin, the Badgers. 79-62. Shea Colley, once again, scoring 20-plus, 24 points, 9 rebounds. But Michigan State falls by 17. They were down by 20, more, I believe more than 20 at one point. And this is a Wisconsin team who has, that was their second Big Ten win. Third Big Ten win, actually, in conference. Third. They had two. And they lost to Illinois. Yep. And then they go and beat Michigan State at home. Austin, you Yeah, no, I want to talk about because yesterday or last week at our podcast, I very I would like to uh acknowledge that I was wrong because yes. I very I was talking to Joe about this earlier. I uh, I do apologize. I was very certain that they would go three and one in this four game stretch. <laughs> and they're not making me look too nice. They're one and two. And one thing and one reason why I felt so confident in the reason why I think the Spartans would go on the road. I understand they're a bad road team, but go on the road and beat Wisconsin is because they're a great three-point shooting team. And Wisconsin is not a great three-point defensive team. Well, clearly I was wrong there, too, because Michigan State shot 24% from beyond the arc and Wisco shot 35. And MSU is another good team that has good three-point dif- uh, fil- uh, percentage difference. And... So that was, to me, the biggest reason why is that they shot 21 threes and only made five of them Michigan State. And, I mean, they 
besides the first uh, quarter uh, breakaway, like where they're up 8-0 and then finish the first being up 22-8, like to me, that Michigan State is the, the entire top to bottom shooting team. And for them to, for Wisconsin to really step up and kind of force uh, uh, Michigan State to struggle beyond the arc is very impressive. And I think that's why they, uh, they ended up losing. Something else big too. Michigan State had 25 personal fouls. Wisconsin had 31 trips to the line, made 24 of them. That's an insane amount of points. And Jenna Allen, Sidney Cooks, both had four fouls. Kylie and Cloudon both had three. And coming off the bench, Marjorie Cook had four. So, I mean, just having that, I mean, that's just unexcusable. It really is. No, I mean, in a lot of ways, it speaks towards the defensive capabilities of this team that we've seen with them consistently on the road. In Wisconsin, something interesting, and after this, Luke, if you want to add on, Wisconsin snapped a 32-game skid against ranked opponents, dating back to a win over then number 7 Penn State, January 31st of 2013. Nearly six, nearly six years ago. I believe, yeah, six years ago now. That's unprecedented in Michigan State, who was 17-7 and following the loss, the most recent game they've had in 7-6 and in conference. Wisconsin, who was 11-13 and prior to this game, is now three and ten in the conference as well, and twelve and thirteen overall. That's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow if you're the Spartans. Yeah, in my opinion, this is unacceptable for uh, the Michigan State Spartans. And um, I was going to mention this, but as Austin Dooley noted, they had eight <laughs> assists in this game. Eight assists. Granted, they didn't. They didn't shoot well either. They only like Austin noted. They only shot what twenty four percent from three point. Yeah, which thirty percent from total. the field. Mm-hmm. It was just a very, very poor effort on the offensive end for Michigan State, as well as their defense. They allowed Wisconsin team to score 79 points on them. Mm. And I just don't know how that happened, honestly. No, I mean, yeah, like like you said, I mean, they got out-assisted. Every game that they've lost, for the most part, give or take, like there's a plus-minus um, with how many, uh, when they with, with their losses with assists, they are either out-assisted or assist by a very few margin this like this michigan state team thrives off of passing because they do work together and we've seen when they play as a team they're unstoppable and the ball moves so uh, smoothly and it just seems like the ball knows to go in when the ball is passed around when you have eight assists and you average 20 21 22 a game you're gonna lose this game and especially when most of your buckets come off of assists so that the other 12 or so shots or 12 buckets that they made all came off of with isolations. And that's something that Shea Colley loves to do. But, you know, she shot 6 for 15. And most of her buckets came from the from the, uh, from the the stripe. So they got to figure it out. I mean, the, it's, the fact that they keep losing on the road is sad. This is not the team that that uh, that I think that we've seen. And to lose to a 3-10, and 2-10 and 10 at the time, Wisconsin Badger uh, team is just, uh, it's, it's, unex- it's, I've lost words. Yeah, and and going off of that, you you have Shay Colley, uh, Nia Cloudon, and Taryn McCutcheon, three basic basically point guards. I believe Taryn McCutcheon and Nia Cloudon have like two of the top assist to turnover ratios in the Big Ten, and they turned the ball over sixteen times to Wisconsin's eleven. It's very uncharacteristic for uh, Michigan State women's basketball this season to turn the ball over turn the ball over that many times, uh, especially against uh, a Wisconsin team. And Shea Colley um, accounted for six of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. Side note. Yeah, exactly. And 
I I just don't see um how you can win games uh, with all these all these stats just going against you. Having Jenna Allen also not score a single point in that game, she is still six points away from a thousand. So it's um it's kind of hard going forward. Jenna Allen went zero of five in this game. Yep, she had zero points, two and rebounds. four fouls. <laughs> there was a senior on the Wisconsin side who has been one of Wisconsin's better players for her four years. The senior for Wisconsin, Howard, she had 28 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 7 of 7 from the line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 4 steals with only 2 turnovers and 0 personal fouls. How is a senior supposed to play? That is my question. Like that. That's how a senior should play. Howard, Absolutely. Allen, if you're Allen, you can't, and as much as I have loved Jenna Allen, you know, all the games we've covered with this team, she's great. She's a great interviewer. She's a great player. She loves this team. She loves this program. And you can tell the relationship between her and head coach Susie Merchant is a bond that will be there forever. Right. Allen is an incredible individual. Like, nothing to take away. Obviously, there's a there's very big difference between people on and off the court. But on the court, Jenna Allen has to show up. You have, in a game like this, Jenna Allen, who is averaging 15 points a game, if she doesn't score that 15 points, that's why there's this margin. It was a 17-point margin, and she usually scores in that 15 to 18 range. That's what we've seen a lot this year. And she only has zero points. That's why you lose like that. I'm not to put it on one player because Kali, who had a good game, 24 points, also turned it over six times. Uh, Cooks also had four fouls and only three points and went one of eight. So there's a lot of things you can point to, but Howard played the way that a senior who wanted to go out the way that she wanted to go out played she showed like i i want this win and she did it she went and got it and she had got hers and that's what alan has to do and that's what was frustrating for me seeing this box score and just seeing this outcome it, that's what the most frustrating thing was for me and that that's all i got sam so now as we michigan state as i said is now seven sorry for the little rant there no, but how good going little mike valeni on us yeah. yes but 17 to 7 um 17 and 7 Michigan State is now um kind of you know in a lot of ways they're lucky they got some road games coming up because they're kind of limping into the Big 10 tournament at this point um sacrificing i guess maybe that top 4 bye that yeah, we've talked about so much which is huge for them huge and that's what's so tough so Michigan State in a lot of ways kind of you know just getting to the postseason and they're going to that's the thing you know and we're going to discuss that so you know, we got some questions that I think we need to answer. And who? so we talk about these road losses, which have been such a problem this year for the Michigan State Spartans. Um, and really, I mean, who do you guys, I mean, and if any one of you guys wants to just start, who do you guys think is to blame for this one? Coach Merchant. Really? Yeah. I um, mean, because we've, we've gone to all these press conferences, and and I feel like all we talk about, I mentioned, oh, you do it, you do it at home, you do it at home, get it on the road. Okay, well, they haven't gotten it done on the road, and we've seen this done a lot all the time. And I think Coach Merchant is a great coach. She's a great person. Um, I I love going to her interviews because I think she's she's very good with the press. Uh, she is the one to blame for the road losses. I don't know what it is. Um, because you can't put all the blame on Jenna Allen at times, but I I think a lot of that and their lack of success on the road has to do with Coach Merchant. I know it sounds like kind of a cop out, but I don't really think anyone in particular is to blame. No, because I think it's I think it's a I think it falls on the team as a whole, yes, not necessarily yes. an individual. And as much as, you know, you can look to coaching, sorry Sam to cut you off, but I think that 
I think you make a good point. Yeah, I think it's because you always see there's always going to be like one player on the road that just has like an outstanding game, whether it's Shea Colley, uh it has Magenta Allen lately, but everyone's getting Nia Clowden, um, Tara McCutcheon will just like have an insane game. But then the rest of the team will kind of underperform. And I think that falls on the whole team. I think that falls on all the coaches, whether it's Merchant or any of the assistants. I think it's everyone. So I don't really think there's any like one player or person you can blame for having all these struggles. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I, I don't I don't blame Coach Merchant. Uh, she's, she's a great coach, uh, as we've gone off on rants about before. Um, but, you know, at some point, you, there's only so much coaching can do. You have to go out there. Players have to execute. And on the road, these players just cannot execute. Uh, Coach Merchant can drop all the X's and O's as possible, uh, try and get, you know, as many open shots for Jen Allen as possible. But in this three-game stretch, I just I just looked it up. Jen Allen's gone, uh, I believe, two for 22. That's that's 9% shooting. And that that's including a home game. So I'm just saying that players have to go out and execute. And I think that's probably mostly to blame here. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, in the end, the players on the floor. And Austin, you do make a good point because it's about preparation and, you know, getting your team ready to succeed. But I also do think, yeah, it does come down to execution because in the end, the players are the ones on the floor that are sh- that are holding the basketball. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I still do stand by it because I, I, and I and I'm glad that we that we disagree about this because I really do think that she has a lot to do with it because why is it that when we have home games, yeah, okay, Kali doesn't need to pop off for 32. You have someone pop off for 18, and the rest of the team is over double digits. So well, why is it when they're away, you have people that are throwing goose egg? I mean, it's something. I don't know what it is, and I and I know it could be. It, it, it most likely is the players, but, a, you know, a coach goes a lot. A coach-player relationship is a big deal, and, and, that's, and that's what my issue is, is that that the the relationship that they feel for some reason at the Breslin needs to transfer to anywhere else they go, including the tournament. So, and I'm like I said, I think Merchant's a great coach, um, great person, uh, great home coach, that's for sure. So, and she needs to kind of tra- like transfer that over. So, that's where I stand with uh, the coach. I think she's like I said, great coach, great players, but she got to figure it out. No, yes, and. But all of these are very good points. I'm glad we're getting some really good stuff from this. And, I mean, yeah, so that's a tough one in Michigan State. Um, they've just got to look, you know, I mean, at this point, Michigan State is just going to, they head to Nebraska um, tomorrow evening. And that's just going to be a game that they really have to show because Nebraska is nothing. They're Like we said, they're 12th in the Big Ten. And Nebraska is, that's where 10th you're 10th in the Big Ten, actually. 10th in the Big Ten, sorry. Thank you, Sam. And almost said a Luke. And <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So, besides the point, but getting off track. But they've that's a game where they have to go get it done. And so now we look. You know, where is Michigan State going to end this season? The Big Ten tournament's coming up, and in a lot of ways, they have obviously the win at Michigan. But you know, what else? Um, to me, that's their most impressive road victory. They have won 33 percent of their games on the road away from the Breslin. Sorry. And because you got the neutral side games, all that. So, I don't know. That's It's tough to say. You know, where do you guys see kind of this team ending up? We look at the uh, NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament, and where do you guys see that kind of finishing? Because right now they are supposedly a top eight seed in their region. Yeah, no, I mean, so um, I just want to add real quick, like, I mean, their upcoming schedule at Nebraska, at Minnesota, and then they have a home stretch, OSU, Michigan, Michigan, and Penn State. 
And like I mean, last week, I was very confident that they were going to win against Nebraska, which we still don't know about yet, and Wisco, and I was wrong. So um, I, I see them not dropping lower than an eight seed because I do think that they're going to get it done at home. And I really do think that that they're not going to drop both of these road losses. And I, if if you were to finish on your five game stretch four and one, that's that's a very successful end for what a, a roller coaster ride it's been for Michigan State. So, uh, regular, con- I I think they just miss the bye. I think they get the first round bye. I don't think they get the double bye. I think they'll play on that Thursday or whatever it is. I think or whatever, however it works, they'll get that the first bye, but not the second one. Um, depending on who they play, depending if they match up well, if it's uh, if it. Um, I don't think they make it past the quarterfinals. Um, and I don't think unless they get lucky and it's in Detroit, they're not making it past the second round. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, in terms of regular season's conference standings, I think they might be able to sneak into that fourth spot. Uh, it, it might be kind of close cutting it, um, but this I think the schedule favors them um, as opposed to some of the other Big Ten conference teams like Maryland, who has a very tough uh, end of the season. I still think Maryland's the best team in the Big Ten, so I don't have any worries about them. Uh, and then in the conference NCAA tournament, probably maybe one, maybe two wins, but yeah, probably a quick uh, quick out for Michigan State there. I think in the Big Ten regular season, I don't I don't see them going into the top four. I'm not going to lie. Right now, it's Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, and Northwestern. All of them have at least eight wins. And Michigan's, Michigan as well. Michigan's tied for eight. Yep, right now. Um, maybe if Northwestern loses a couple games I don't see him getting past Rutgers but I just don't see it I think the highest they can get is a five seed in terms of the Big Ten tournament maybe win a game I guess it depends on who they draw um, we can't say a ton about like neutral sites outside of the Breslin obviously but then the NCAA tournament it just it depends <laughs> again like where it's at who they're playing I think they can maybe get past the first round depending on like what team they play again but overall I think that they're I don't see him getting past uh, the second round, my opinion. No, and I would like to agree with that in a lot of ways because I think that uh, Michigan State, you know, they haven't, I mean, like, honestly, if you're the committee for the NCAA tournament, what is this team? You look, obviously, at what they've done at home, and what they have done at home is, like, if you took away everything they've done, not at the Breslin Center, they'd be top five team, Yep, maybe. I mean, heck, they'd be undefeated. So, I mean, and, and you know, that's super easy for me to say, but, you know, that's the thing is you take, you look at the whole body of work and what does this team have to show other than the fact that they've beat, you know, three or four ranked teams at home, which, well, Wisconsin's beat one too. So, you know, that's the thing is, you know, it's very tough for me to say where this team ends up. I'd like to see them try to make, I mean, but I think it's a foregone conclusion in a lot of ways that Maryland and Iowa are going to meet in the Big Ten tournament championship game I think that obviously it's not a like oh oh yeah it's lock book it but I think that it is a very likely outcome and for the NCAA tournament we're looking at that bracket and they've got Oregon in it and I do like that a lot I think that if they can get a win in that opening weekend and maybe you know get a win or two in that opening weekend and get to or meet Oregon I think we we're talking something could happen but I think you've got to figure a lot of things out. We talked about the meeting that they had after Ohio State. Well, you're still struggling to kind of find some things in the road. And I would have loved to hear the conversation that the team had after the Wisconsin game um, in a lot of ways. And 
you know, that's something I think we should probably take, you know, we might have to take a look at is, you know, like, what is this team going to do? So, yeah. And then we have one more thing. I, Luke, I think you put this down there. Um, that was Austin. Austin. I know, put the first two down. Austin, and we've touched on this a lot a bit. How, I mean, as much as I we have ragged on some players today, um, we look at what player do you really think has been the most disappointing in these road losses? Um, well, I, I do think recently it's been it's been Jenna because uh it just like like the number you just put up nine for twenty two, that's that's very disappointing. Two and for twenty two. Nine percent, two for twenty. Yes, yeah. that's what I mix mess mess up the numbers. Nine for twenty two is not that bad, so you're right. <laughs> two for twenty two. And I'd say recently she has been um uh, the most disappointing, and uh, we say this so much. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but we say this so much. And like as a senior, um, you you need to have that leadership and kind of be the guidance for for players like uh, Kayla Bellis and and because that that they're very similar in, in the type of play style they have. So um, and she's been kind of disappointing overall. I, th- I feel like every every game it's different. Uh, so there's no one particular player, but I just wanted to r- talk about that because uh, Jenna Allen's had a tough uh, tough stretch recently. Yeah, another person to mention just quickly would be Sydney Cooks. I think she has some some of the best potential on this Michigan State team. And uh, I know these past two, I believe these past two games haven't been the best for her. Uh, and I've been, I forget how she did earlier in the uh, earlier away games, but I think she's someone who should be able to step up in these away games. Yes, and I I would agree with that sentiment as well because. I mean, I think it, in like we keep saying, what player has been the most disappointing for me, I guess. I mean, while I do agree with you, I also feel like it, it doesn't necessarily fall on one player because the bench as a whole has not been playing as well as we saw early in the season. Nia Holly, Madrika Cook, I think moving Sydney Cooks in the starting lineup help and hurt the bench in some ways because of Cook's offensive ability and what she was able to do coming off the bench this year. And man, think about if Tori Osmond had been healthy this whole year. Osmond, who could hit a three at 6'3", mm-hmm. and also could go inside and battle with him. Osmond, for a for true freshman out of Georgia, who was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, I believe, She think about if she hadn't had the stress injury. Yeah, I think, we, this I think bench, things would I th- be I a think, lot different. Yes, I think that is, for someone who people have talked so little about, I think that that is something that's really important for us to understand is, you know, if she was in this lineup, that would be really good. For this team offensively because that would kind of uh, mitigate the fact that Victoria Gaines is now coming off the bench, who is, I mean, frankly, she's limited offensively. She's a great defender, mm. but she's limited offensively. Yeah. That's just the way that mm. her game is. I mean, heck, some, that's just, everybody has the roles on a court and that's just hers, the defense. So I think having Osmond would help in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, if you guys have any, any anything else? So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They've got Nebraska and Minnesota is the last game of the year. Um, and I mean, Sam, I don't know if we want to do any pickums real quick. Do you actually want to hear the results of the last two? Yeah, I do. Not really. Let's go over I do. Not really, we're, Austin. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have a quick turnaround on our next podcast, I believe. So yes. we'll wait to pick the next games coming up. So Iowa, Joe, you said Michigan State would win 82 to 79. Uh, Rip. Yeah. At Iowa, you said Michigan State would win 78 to 60. That's pretty good prediction. They're pretty close. Luke, you said Iowa would win 79-68. to Decent-ish. And for IU, you said Michigan State would win 75-64. Again, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Austin, you said Michigan State would win at Iowa 77-73. to 
<laughs> oh, there goes that. <laughs> Indiana, you said Michigan State wins 74 to 64. Pretty close again. I said Iowa would win 85 to 80. That was, in terms Both. of prediction, I was right, but yeah. Luke definitely, Luke and I, I don't know, we got the pick right, not so much the score. And then I said Michigan State would win 75 70 against Iowa. Not that great. But what did I say for Indiana? Indiana, you said. You said they would win 78 to 60. So you're pretty close. Dang. Wow. Wow. Two points. Wow. Joe had the closest pick this wow. week. Wow. Well Good done. Job. Nice. All right. Well, Nebraska is going to be tomorrow. In Nebraska, I know we haven't touched on a lot because of everything that's gone on in the recent time. So I think that, you know, maybe we can do a little bit of a pick for the Nebraska game and we'll hold off on picking the rest of them. Let's do it. And this will, I think this will take us to the end today. Yeah. Luke, you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, I really want to pick Michigan State here. <laughs> um, I refuse. I refuse to do it. Uh, I, I'm going to go Michigan State. I think, I think they come out. I think they realize, you know, after that Wisconsin game, they can't have another game like that. And I think they come out with some fire under their under their butts, and they win. Um, not not a not a good one because it's away. I'll say seventy two sixty five Michigan State. All right, Austin. Man, I, I, this team. <sighs> They went at they went at they so Nebraska went to Purdue and spanked them by twenty. Michigan State beat Purdue by eight at home, but Nebraska lost to Indiana at home. Michigan State beat Indiana at home. So you know you know what? I agree with Luke. I think the Wisco loss was not needed because they've had plenty of those types of losses, but it was important. I think they do bounce back. 75 to 68. All right. I refuse to pick Michigan State. I'm sorry. I I, I just can't do it. They I I've picked them way too many times on the road to I don't blame you. I you don't know, blame you. I just I can't it's my gut feeling at this point. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be like Wisconsin. Um but I I'm going to say Nebraska takes it 65 to 62. It'll be another one of those like I IU type games. Yeah. Where it's coming down and they're making fouls every two seconds. That's, it's going to be one of those. Well, I think I'm going to have to pick uh, Nebraska to win this game because, as much as I've tried to trust the Michigan State team to play well on the road, they go and they lose Wisconsin like they do. So hey, I'm not a betting man unless it's the. I don't think I told you guys about my AFC uh, division game bet. Oh, we'll get to that. But. Yeah, well, I want to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. Okay, so then, um, so I one time I bet my guy the Chargers were going to beat the Pats at Gillette this year the, in the postseason, Jeez. this most recent postseason, and I lost fifty dollars in that. That's all I got to say. That's rough. But <laughs> so, hey, Nebraska's the home team. They're going to win sixty-two to fifty. That wow, fifty. That's a that's a pretty big margin. Michigan State struggles to shoot on the road, and they I do. think they're going to struggle against Nebraska as well. Yep. So, I think that does it. Uh, we got our picks in for the Nebraska game tomorrow, and I believe we are going to be coming to try to get back on a quick turnaround for our next edition of the Breslin Breakdown. That does it for us today. I'm Joe Dandron, alongside Luke Sacone, Austin Winslow, and Sam Britton. Thank you. Good evening, <laughs> and have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Goodbye.